1: The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of W.I.L.K. staff, management,
2: or sponsors.
1: It started with two women. And, well, today, it's still two women. But not just any women. It's Laurie and Lynn. Who can turn the world on with their smile. Laurie and Lynn, giving Northeast Pennsylvania local talk to start your weekend right. Suddenly
2: make it all seem worthwhile. And
1: now, celebrating their tenth year on the air on WILK News Radio, here's Laurie and Lynn. Love is
2: high, no need to waste it. You can never tell why don't you?
1: Hello, everybody. Hello, Lynn Evans. Hello, Laurie Cadden. How are you today? I am fine. How are you doing?
3: Wonderful. Thank you very much. Good. I'm feeling very refreshed, I guess would be the word. Because uh, yesterday, I joined my friend Nancy Dressel and a group of women from that area where she lives in Lake Naomi. And we took a bus ride from there into Manhattan and we saw the play pretty woman oh. and we um, we had wonderful wonderful lunch and we had a little time that we spent in grand central station you could have stopped to see sean He's I lives know. right next i right know there. but i there were so many people i'm I teasing i know done I'm with that and i just think all right enough i'm here today to just chill so the play was wonderful it was just so much fun it was really a great time and the weather was absolutely perfect which in theater York. is it in I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> I, I don't, I just, oh, there's the marquee. Yeah, we got to okay. go. But it has some name to it, of course. Of course. Some guy's name. I'll have to anyway, it. Anyway, um, it was really nice, and I loved the day. It was just so nice to know that I left in the morning. I met her uh, at 9 o'clock, and we had a woman bus driver. Cool. Who's been at this for 30 years, and she was so funny. She uh, was very concerned about our welfare and one thing we noticed is she certainly loves to use her horn. Oh, boy. In New York? <laughs> yes. In the city? Yeah. They yes. all do, don't they? Yes. But it was just funny because it was great to see her be aggressive. You know, not normally what you think of as a woman driver, but it was really good. She was great. She got us in and out of the city. It was it was really excellent all the way around. So I had a great time, and I want to thank all the ladies from Lake Naomi Club and Nancy for Uh, Sponsoring that event, it was really wonderful, and they stayed really true to the movie. Uh, Good, Um, but even some of the same lines they used. uh, I was going to say I would have been repeating the lines Uh, before they said them. (laughs) <laughs> Lynn, shut up! Yeah, uh-huh. all right. But they, they then they mixed up some things in order, like uh, if you remember the one where when she went to the first dress stop dress shop and they told her to leave, mm-hmm. and then she came back and talked to the guy who was the maitre d of the yeah, place, and yeah. he called up this woman uh-huh. and said, "Take care of her." Well, in the movie, she comes down in that off the shoulder red dress. Remember when the she long, was, gown, that yeah, the she, long yeah. gown that she yeah, okay, but in in the uh, the play, she did not have that dress on. No. But then when they went to the opera, <laughs> she had the red dress on. Well, wasn't that when she wore the red? Oh, well, wh- I thought it was the other way around. I no, don't have... she had it on at the opera. Uh, well, but she also had something. No, maybe it was the she thing. She did. Yeah, I'm trying to think she... of what she wore when she went out for dinner. Remember when she? Oh, had when the... she
1: had the escargot yes. and the f- things flipped. <laughs> And it went (laughs) escorgone. Yeah, but they didn't
3: (laughs) even go into that. They all met... In this hotel lobby, they had five words to say to one another, and the man left. So they never got well, to play. Have... I mean, yeah, they never uh-huh. had the the dinner. And I was looking for all that craziness uh-huh. and watching her flipping the the he,
1: shell. I the... loved him, the guy who was the 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 yeah Hector. H- Al- H- yeah, but what Elsonata. was his name in it? I forget. You're um, gonna have to Google
3: it. Well, Mr. We... Thompson, I think it no. was.
1: What the? No, Yeah, that's what I think they we'll called him. We'll have to him. look. We'll have to. But it was
3: really, really well done. It was extremely well done. There was some comedy in it. There was some um, intensity, you know, with the negotiations of buying and selling and, and how much. The thing is, it was a musical. Yeah. So he was singing a <coughs> lot during the show. So was she. So were a lot of the other characters. And the woman who played her buddy, Kim. That she lived with? Yes. I forget what her name is. Is it Kim or Liz? Whatever the, the woman who was had a very know, heavy I, New York yeah, accent. Yeah, I can't
1: think of her name,
3: but she was absolutely fabulous. She had the most incredible voice I've ever heard. And then at one point, when they were at the opera, one of the women in the play actually started to sing opera, and she was incredible. And it kind of took everybody away uh, back, you know, because you didn't expect that to come out of this woman who was an actor, mm-hmm. and it just. It was pretty neat. So we had a great time there. Really, really enjoyed the show. I didn't think I would because I love the movie. You know, it's one of those things. I know. People love movies and hate the play or vice versa or the book. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Very well done. Good. So that was a good day really enjoyed well, it well that's good so what's been going on in your world
1: well You're, speaking the of the boys are back in town yeah. <laughs> speaking of the theater though we just finished with uh, finding neverland last weekend for broadway theater's end of season performance so um people liked it a lot um and so that was nicely done so that that's a it's always good when you're supporting the arts. Lane, yes, it so is. It's all happy. Yep. So last night, um, Meyer and I went out with uh, friends of ours, Lori and Nando, and we went to uh, one of our favorites, Little Pizza Heaven. Uh-huh. And so we had delicious dinner, and I have to say, Daryl, if you guys have never been to Little Pizza Heaven, Daryl, whether you eat in or take out, it's fabulous. But he is the nicest guy in the world, the owner, the main chef, he's so sweet, so kind. I remember years and years and years ago, Sean was a little boy and he came home. And and like maybe uh, maybe eighth, ninth grade. And he said, Mom, we have to go to this place. It's called Little Pizza Heaven. I said, where is it? He said, it's in Greenridge. It's It's on Boulevard. I think it's Boulevard. Yeah. And he said, You have to um we have to go. He said, I ordered something. I went in to get something for lunch and um, they were late and the and the lady gave me a brownie to wait because she felt bad and I and he's like, She's so nice So anyway we went and that's when he could eat Gloom. so we went in he we we started going and we've been going ever since and my mother loved it my uncle jerry loved like everybody just loved going Mm -hmm. and daryl and his wife tony are the nicest nicest people who tony's not there a lot but daryl running it is there all the time so big shout out to him the food is delicious and everyone in Greenwich who goes oh my god we love this food and they're so kind and devon who's the one of the um i call him the waiter extraordinaire he is he was it was packed yesterday last night and he was all over the place and he keeps us cool and he's so nice and so big shout out to Devin and so while we were there there are a couple people I knew but Matt Haggerty came in with four of his five children and they were sitting sort of across from us and so when we were leaving I said I, I said kids I have to say Hats off to your dad and your mom because you were wonderful young kids. And they are young, like like maybe um, late elementary, early uh, middle, middle school, school kind of. And four of them. He has five. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just have to say, you were very, very well behaved. You are just so adorable. The nicest kids. So I said, you know what? As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to go this far. This is how good you guys were today. I'm going to say, tell you on my radio show tomorrow I had which I'll tape on tomorrow and it'll air on Saturday morning and it's on W-I-L-K not on W-E-J-L and I'm looking at him and he's like <laughs> oh Matt's teasing you know, oh we can't listen to the kids kidding around and I said I'm gonna say on air to everyone listening what a wonderful job your mom Chrissy and your dad Matt Haggerty have done raising you because you were well behaved and there is nothing like a well-behaved I mean there are four of them and you know how kids can pick at each other or do, they all were so they had fun they were enjoying themselves but mm-hmm. they were so adorable so hats off to the Haggerty family because they were just it was a delight to see them and to be just you know know how to be out in public and do the right thing and it was a, they were adorable so that's what my sister calls restaurant manners <laughs> uh, I, the truth because it, it, it that's how i used to be with my kids i yes. mean whether they were babies if they started right. to cry i immediately picked up gone in church if they're crying pick up go yeah. because you're used to it, but people around you are there to enjoy themselves. They may not have children. They may not understand. And when you have kids and let's face it i know because we my father used to yell at us all the time at dinner at our house because i would aggravate barbara and barbara would laugh and then she would get in trouble because i'd throw the bomb and walk away and (laughs) and so you know yeah it's it's normal so but i they were uh, adorable and so well behaved so hi haggerty kids and keep up the good work so Mm -hmm. i i said i'm tell i'm saying that they are so cute um and it was so cute to see Matt out with the the four of them i'm like okay this is so sweet so um anyway but that was as you know it was a great place to daryl's just the nicest man and just so sweet so um what else um what else did i do
3: well on sunday didn't you go someplace and pick up the boy oh i
1: went to pick up yes tommy is uh, back from officially officially no longer a californian mm-hmm. he is back on the west east coast yay moves to uh brooklyn in uh on eight, august 1st and he will be in and out brooklyn? of brooklyn no he's going to go into brooklyn first okay. he found some place he likes Good. there for the Good. time being and um So he's in and out. He's got a lot of different things going on. And the next he has to fly back out to San Fran for a couple weeks. So he's in and out. But um, it's nice to have him around. It's it's weird because I've been, you know, even even though they come home for little spurts, it's so weird to have somebody else in my house. Mm Sometimes The one time I I heard him and I thought, what the heck is that? Like it was him downstairs. And then I remembered, oh, he's (laughs) here. It's not (laughs) someone else. He's supposed to be there. He's supposed to. So, yeah. It's it's a it's a good thing because really he graduated in two thousand seven and he really hasn't been I mean he's for any extended length of time coming in for holidays he's oh, yeah. always been at um, over through the Chris uh, the summer breaks he's worked in D C mm-hmm. um, so he was home for a little while at one point during he worked for Fidelity Bank for a little bit but other than that during college, but during that, the rest of the time, he's been gone, so it's Mm kind of neat. Sean's around a lot more, as you know, and so it's kind of neat to have my oldest in the house, and so we, I try to tell him different things he said when he was a little kid, and try to just give him little tidbits of information so he can remember them, how he said it, where he said it, how, what he, like, you know, because he was just just such a bright little kid so we always talk about the little things he said and when I think back I think I don't know how they know that at that age but Anyway, so I just, I remember all the times you've said
3: things, you've, you've shared little stories about something that reminded you of something Tommy said. Yeah. And it's just, you when you hear them, you just, I just think, wow, where
1: did he get that from? I How know. did he pick that well, up? Well, and we would, I told him, we, we, we would, t- when we lived in Philadelphia, he, 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 was born in Philly and, um, we moved out of there when he was two and a half. Mm-hmm. So I would do a lot of walking. Obviously, we lived, we owned a house in Queen Village. And so I would, on the weekends mostly, I would put him in his carriage and we would walk all over the place. And we'd always walk up to at least Broad Street because we were down between front and second. And then Broad is, I think, would have been technically would be 14th, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, so we would always at least do that and walk around. And his father's um, had a new, they were building a new office building where his father's firm that he was a partner of was moving into. Mm -hmm. And so we would take him and show him that's where daddy's building is. And I have no idea how he knows because there was building all the time as there is in Center City, Philadelphia. And he would, we I'd have him in the carriage, and he wasn't even quite two years old. It like he was 18, almost two, and he he would pick out which building was his father's and his favorite. He would say, "Mama, Dio's daddy's building," and that's just how he would say it. With <laughs> that, Dio's daddy's building, and it was his father's building, no matter what, even though it wasn't. Well, you know, it was. But he it was so yeah. cute because he would he would pick it out, yeah. and they. He He left, we left, he was not, he was two in January, and he and his dad came back in May of when he turned two. Mm Mm-hmm. So a couple months after his second birthday and he and his dad moved back before I did because I had, we had a house we were trying to sell and I had a job that I needed to give some extra time to because I was managing a bank in Philly and it just we were transitioning. So they kind of went home, my mom and my nan and my dad and Uncle Jerry all took care of Tommy during the day and we had moved in with my in-laws for a while when we came back. But I stayed back at my house for two months. I didn't actually move out till July. So either I went home on the weekends or they came back into the city. So he was, that's why I'm trying to give you the age group of, or the eight, the time span of how old he was saying this. So I was walking him prior to his, second his, birthday. right, and then a little bit after because it was nice enough to walk. All so right. honestly, and so that kid knew what that building was. Mm-hmm. So it was just, but anyway. So I just we we tease, but I said when you go to Philly, Dale's daddy's building. So anyway, well, when they're adults and you know how they what they said, you just think. Like my mother used to tell me, I used to call the teeter totter, which was on our swing set in the yard, the pooter hotter. And I would say, where did I ever come up with that? And so they used to call it that because that's what I called it. Oh, that's So funny. So it's cute to to know that. But anyway. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to cut and take a quick break. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn show. We'll be right back.
2: It's Saturday morning
3: with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I am the managing director
3: of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play. So I hear you have something for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm
1: gonna get it's so you. You got a quiz little me. Quiz now, if I can see with you know how I like it in the dark here. So <laughs> hold on one second. All right, so it's um, key date for suffrage, and then it gives a quiz, a, a quick quiz. So although women would not win the vote nationally until the 20th century. Um, from 1776 to 1807, single women who met property, qualifi- property qualifications were eligible to vote under the constitution of which state? Rhode Island, New Jersey, New York, or Pennsylvania? I don't know. Guess. That. I never knew they could. Yep, see Okay. That? I would say Rhode Island. Nope, B, New York. New okay. Jersey, excuse me, New All Jersey, right. New Jersey. Okay, the first national convention for women's rights was held in 1848. In what city? In in what city was it held? Seneca Falls, New York, Providence, Rhode Island, Wilmington, Delaware, or Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Seneca Falls, New York. You got it. Well, that one, yeah, we know that. Okay, who was president of the United States when the 19th Amendment amendment was ratified? Uh, Harding, Coolidge, Wilson, or who've, uh, Taft? Tell me those again. Harding, Coolidge. Harding, Coolidge, Wilson, or Taft?
3: Um, I'd say Coolidge. It's a guess. Wilson. Okay.
1: How many states had granted women the right to vote in state elections prior to the ratification of the 19th Amendment? 7, 12, uh, 15, or 18? 15. Mm -hmm. I guess 7, too. 15. Okay. How many states allowed women to vote in some, but not all, elections prior to the 19th Amendment ratification? 21, 15, well, okay, 15, 21, um, 22, or all states. Allowed them to do what? To vote for to what? Vote. To vote in some but not all elections prior to the 19th Amendment. So 15, 21, 22, I'm sorry, 23, or all states.
3: I was going to say no
1: states, but okay. Um, 15. 21. Okay. Which state was the thirty-sixth state to vote in favor of the nineteenth amendment, providing the three fourths majority uh, providing three fourths majority necessary for the amendment to be part of the Constitution. Illinois, Oklahoma, Wyoming, or Tennessee? Illinois, Oklahoma. I would say Illinois. Okay. Six is d tennessee okay and i thought that would be the last one i never i guess to say i didn't guess that one but i didn't guess tennessee which famous suffrage set this is easy it was the people not we the white male citizens uh nor yet we the male citizens but we the people who formed the union susan b anthony elizabeth clay stanton uh Lucretta mott or lucy stone
3: I Any mean, one of them could have
1: said it. they were all suffragettes. Yeah, but you. Could, I'd say Susan B. There Anthony. you go.
3: Yes, <clears throat>
1: I love her. Which of the following women ran for president of the United States forty-eight years before the Nineteenth Amendment was ratified? Vic- Victoria Woodhull, Catherine Beecher, Clara Barton, or Dorothea Dix? Not the last two. I'd say what are the first two? Um veronica woodhill woodhull or katherine beecher i'd say victoria, victoria 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 beecher me. no cats katherine beecher you see beecher or woodhull beecher however okay, no, the is. first one it's victoria woodhull never heard of her i know Wow. In 1917, members of the National Women's Party began protesting outside the White House in support of the 19th Amendment. What was the nickname for this group of women protesters? American Heritage Girls, Daughters of the American Revolution, Mothers of, of the Movement, or Silent Sentinels? Hmm. Daughters of the American Revolution. Nope. D, Silent Sentinels. Never heard of them. Women were able to vote in many other countries before they were granted the franchise here. Which of the following countries had not granted women the right before the 19th Amendment was ratified? Canada, France, Germany, or Poland? Had not granted had them? not. Um, France. Correct. There you go. See, that was it. So I, I'm taking a thinking, I don't even know this stuff. Meaning I didn't even know all of this uh, stuff existed beyond. Neither when, did I. Yeah, neither did I. It. I it was have in, no it idea. Was, This was in the um, uh, Scranton Times this weekend. Oh. So I thought this is kind of cool. Let's see what what it is. Let's read it. and See how you know. I think I got two right myself. Well, Lynn.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: So um, she is um, Sarah Morgan Smith is the director of the fa- uh, f- director of faculty at the Ashwood Center at Ashland University. Who wrote that?
3: Have you ever been to the uh, Seneca Falls Museum? No. Oh, it is so. I got cool. that one right. Obviously, that's the one. It I... It is amazing. It's really cool. Um, it literally has um, statues that are life size right in the ground, on the floor. So when you walk in, you're walking in among all these women who are the ones that, uh, all those names you mentioned, Lucretia Mott, Uh um, Katie, Elizabeth Katie Stanton, and, of course, Susan B. Anthony, and just all these women that were there and what they did and how some of them were actually, I mean, seriously physically harmed because they were... um, trying to... advocate for
1: the right to vote mm-hmm. it was just amazing what they went through and next year will be the 100th anniversary in 2020 yeah. oh i, didn't I think realize it's um that. October, august 18th now the other thing is um which th- there was the statue and the uh, rotunda of the capitol mm-hmm. and it was removed for a while and I, i'm thinking because it was on the C- sunday morning show the a couple weeks ago and i yeah. said no i saw it and we were and they they said in and i'm thinking what do you mean but then they were telling the story and it was brought back in oh mm-hmm. all right. it was a story on on, on on statues and and that they aren't how predominantly they're men right because but there were so many women who should have been honored that way so um and they're doing one for i forget where it is now and who it is i think it's amelia is it amelia Earhart? yeah that's what they're doing mm-hmm. and they want that for next year it to right. be ready so yeah
3: yeah and i when i watched <coughs> that particular Piece they did on the CBS Sunday Morning, it made me think when they mentioned Amelia Earhart, the woman we knew. No, Nancy Hasty did the story. Yeah, how
1: she? No one knows who she is. Right. Jackie uh, Cochran, right, Jackie,
3: and she Cochran. was a
1: dear friend of Amelia Earhart. Right, and speaking and of all of this too, we need to today being that, that we're taping, yes, um, as Thursday, so you'll hear us a few days later. But it is the seventy-fifth anniversary of D-Day, so um I would like to thank any and all of our veterans who listen to us. Thank you so much for your service. And as they were saying, as Ken Burns said this morning on the Today Show. They weren't fighting, they were fighting for our freedom, like fighting to, 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 to for, uh, for, for freedom. Yeah. And that that war, you know, is how significant it was. And these guys and women who were there, they interviewed a guy who's 98 and a woman who was a nurse who was um, an Indian uh, from an, the Indian tribe from north dakota south dakota one of the dakotas i can't remember and she said uh, that she was he wanted to read to me tom brokaw did the piece and he said he wanted to talk to her again but she was hospitalized Mm. um and because she went to france and it, it just um what these men and women went through it's just unbelievable so just so we know you, you listening um thank you thank you so much for what you've done and for your service mm-hmm. and to patrick a Napoli, <laughs> because how about how we say all the time you always know what's going to trigger his tears right yeah when they yep. do the flyover at the super bowl and yep. where else Um, singing of any national anthem. Well, anytime he sees something on television
3: that has to do with um, something honoring veterans, he gets all puddling. I know, it's... Yes. Yeah.
1: And he'll send me... (gasps) So, thank you again. And we will be back. We have next up our guest expert, Attorney Barbara J. O'Hara. And we'll be right back, everybody. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn.
3: We're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a company that's designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And our... our uh, guest expert this week is attorney Barbara O'Hara. Now, let me see if I'll get this right, Barbara. It's um, Hughes, Nichols, and O'Hara. Perfect. Yay. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> and they are in Dunmore. And Barbara has been practicing a family law. Is yes. that what you would call it? Divorce, custody, support family law. And uh, for more than 30 years, um, 38 years. Wow. Yeah. That number just cracks me up. (laughs) Because I have the same number, but I don't even think of it in those terms. Anyway, welcome, Barbara. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here. Okay, and we are going to talk about um, six mistakes that women make well um, not they,
0: just women it, yes anybody they did surveys of women who have been divorced yes and they came up with the nasty financial surprises that women women encounter when they've been divorced and i think some of them would be helpful to the to our audience yeah so um going over the list and Lynn and I can discuss these as we go on, the, the, the first thing they found was being unaware of the total size of the marital debt, including the primary mortgage, the home equity line of credit, auto financing, credit card debt, 401K loans, and student loans. Mm-hmm. You would not, well, you would not be surprised, but I am always surprised by the amount of of by the lack of knowledge people have, of uh, both their assets and their liabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, 95% of the clients I have, when I say, does your husband have a pension? They look at me like a deer in headlights and say, I, I guess he does. Mm-hmm. And because I've been doing divorce for so long in this area that, you know, tell me where he works and I'll tell you what he has. Yeah. But when you're married to him, they'll just have that look like, I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, you ask about that and you ask about annuities you ask about retirement 401ks and once again there's that complete and utter surprise how I'd say, i look. i'd say they don't even know what the terms mean yeah right they don't even right. know what that is to answer yeah. it so it's yeah right and they'll say you know back in the day before everything was computerized they'd say well something comes in there's a statement that i think comes in about once a year
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay fine yeah. but now, if it's online, they don't even see it. And so right. number one, they don't know the asset and they sure don't know if there's any loans against it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, all of that comes into play in your divorce. Right. So the idea of what's the balance of the mortgage and um, how much do you owe in credit card? And they look at you like, you know, they'll sooner tell me about their their extramarital affairs then tell me about their (laughs) credit card debt and they'll just give you that look like oh my gosh you need to know that Uh uh-huh and yeah that's part of your divorce too because you look at the assets and liabilities Mm -hmm. created during your marriage and they'll look at you like oh really but it's in my name I don't need to disclose that well actually you do Mm mm-hmm and yeah it might be that the two of you negotiate that or we negotiate through counsel that you keep your debt and he keeps his debt, but if he has no debt and you have 45,000, you're gonna to wanna to split that. So yeah, I do need to know. Mm-hmm. So many times I'll tell people, go out and run your credit report to find out what you have. And frequently they'll come back and say, I didn't know my spouse took out this joint debt, or there's a there was a big cash advance or a credit card that, that was taken out and they're, Absolutely surprised.
3: The one that I find a lot that people don't really remember or even know about, let's just start there, don't even know about, are loans against 401k plans. Right. The balance is on a 401k. And it's so easy to do it because you can go online to Mm -hmm. your, whatever that website is that's associated with your 401k plan, and you can actually do all the entire transaction by yourself, and a spouse doesn't even need to know about it.
0: There's a couple plans that I want the spouse's consent, but that's not frequent. It's not so. The norm. Uh, it isn't the norm. Mm-hmm. And I, I have one now where they have all this IRS debt because he never paid it back. Oh. It wasn't set up to come out of his pay- paycheck, and consequently, it's all marital debt, mm-hmm. and it's all IRS debt. But hard to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. So you need to become very aware of what your assets are. Do your homework. Come in with as much as you can because, you know, the, the more your attorney has to look for, the more expensive it is. That's right. So, That's uh, you know, if, if there's um, papers around the house or they look at you and say, oh, there's always a pile of papers on the dining room table, it's time to go through them mm-hmm. and see what it is. If you don't know what it is, bring it into your attorney anyway. Okay, and and I'll know what it is, so we can, <laughs> I can tell. I, I think, I, I, yes, you would be able to figure it out. Yes. Okay, number two, not anticipating that they have to return to the workforce. I realize a lot of women um, work primarily in their home mm-hmm. uh, during the childbearing years and, and when their children are very young, and that's certainly understandable. But there does come to be a point in time where... Hey, if your kids are reaching 18 or high school graduation, and you've been out of the job force for 20 years, your child support only lasts until they're 18 or high school graduation, the later of the two. Yeah. And, you know, if, you know, maybe you'll get alimony. It's the rare case that gets alimony anymore. So... Um, I always tell women, prepare during your divorce, prepare for the career you're going to have. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. And I'll say, hey, I've sent more people over to, for associate's degrees or over <laughs> to different colleges and say, what is it I want to do? Or, yeah. you know, I was about to finish this. Well, let's go do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you, you do need to t- start taking care of yourself. Yeah. If you're divorcing the guy, he's not going to take care of you for the rest of your life and at 40 it's a bad time to expect your father to come back into play either Mm -hmm. so you know realistically you have to look at what's good for your your future and a lot of times it's hey go back and get that degree or uh, you know work a part-time job where where you're going to school part-time get the certifications do do something to make yourself sustaining Okay, so how yeah. much how much will it cost, and how much can you make? So, I have to but realistically I, look I have seen
3: in certain divorce um, agreements that there is a, a stipend given from, but usually it's the husband who's the in this case that you're talking about, where there's a wife who's been out of the workforce for x number of years, that there's a stipend that's in the divorce agreement that allows specifically for her to pay for retraining. It, is that it, something you well, see?
0: Well, now I'm seeing it less and less. Yeah. Um, decades ago when alimony was put in into the 1980 code, it was just rehabilitative alimony. Right. It has since broadened. However, rehabilitative was, okay, fine. You want to go back, you want to get your nursing degree or be an LPN or whatever. Okay, I'll pay for for that yeah. with the mindset that you'll retool yourself to, get, to become employable. Mm-hmm. The mindset has gotten further away from rehabilitative to just plain alimony in I haven't seen cases where people are paying for education. Mm-hmm. They may be paying a certain amount of alimony for so many years because of the because of your low income and his much higher income. Mm-hmm. so they look at the disparity in income um as to whether or not you'd get alimony along with uh, other factors, okay so Realistically, you know, is it something where you can guarantee that he's going to pay for your education less than it was before? And obviously, everybody knows that, that the alimony tax laws changed, right? So, so it's no longer as uh, an attractive a, a, a bargaining tool as it once was. Mm-hmm. So the third factor is um, assuming the child support and or alimony will be higher or last longer. And as I just said about child support, you're only going to get child support for your for your children when they, um, before they're 18, it'll stop on their 18th birthday or high school graduation, whatever's so the later of the two. Mm-hmm. So if you have a child whose 18th birthday isn't until August, you'll get the child support till August. And then it's done. So yeah. a lot of women... Um, Unfortunately, presume that as long as my child's in school, undergraduate, graduate, I should be getting some kind of support. That's not what the law is in Pennsylvania. So, no, you can't compel the support, nor can you compel uh, dad to pay college expenses. That's really something that I always encourage people to have your child talk to to dad about And have them involved in the college selection process rather than, hey, Dad, you know, here, here's it's the bill. August and here's the bill. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, you know what? If Dad hasn't been part of the process, Dad may very well say, not my obligation. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's all loans, which is a huge financial burden. Yes, so, indeed. Okay. The fourth factor is assuming that, that you want to keep the marital residence. Okay, almost every woman will come in to me and say, I want to keep my kids, I want to keep my house. And I do understand that from an emotional level, I get that. You want stability for your children. You don't want to disrupt them. The divorce will be disruptive enough. Let's not make them move. Well, then you have to look at this and say, can I afford the house? Okay, we calculate what what you are likely to get in support. Um, What's the likelihood of you getting alimony? And then are you bringing any money in? really tough if you're not yeah because if you know if your ex-spouse loses loses a job or becomes disabled or gets unemployed his plant closes whatever hey you're not gonna you can't expect that you're gonna get the same amount of money if he gets employed unemployed for no through no fault of his own he's gonna go in there and get a modification of your child support and be down to what what they would order based on what his unemployment comp is and that's not a pretty and that's pressure. not nice no so you look at all this and i think it's always better to be in control of your own destiny and not to look at this and say i am dependent completely on what income i'm getting from an ex-spouse who let's face it at this time may not feel so sentimental <laughs> towards towards giving you money. Um, really? Was that a nice way to put it? That yeah, was okay. very nice. Um, so, you know, realistically, it's it's no longer that you're in this together and and don't worry, he'll take care of you. Well, he may not have it to take care of you with. Mm-hmm. And realistically, always better to get that job or keep that career, keep your license active, keep your certificates af- active. Women will come to me and say, well, you know, I'd have to go to classes in order to keep my certificate or to keep my degree or to keep my license. And I'll say, do it because you're going to need that Mm -hmm. instead of, well, that'll make me more marketable. And maybe he'll argue in the support hearing that I could be making more money. But that's what what
1: happens, doesn't it sometimes? What's what happened? That that they say they don't do it for that very reason. They don't do it for that right. very reason.
0: <clears throat> and who do you hurt? You hurt yourself. Right. In the long run. In the long don't. run, you hurt yourself. Right. So a, a lot of people, in a short-sighted way, look at this and say, "Okay, I won't make myself more marketable for the immediate support reason." Well, uh, but you that know what? I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, think it almost always backfires. That at some point in time, you're going to need to support yourself. And yeah. better start that. I mean, I think you should start it in high school. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't come out of high school unless you have a career path. And don't plan more for your prom than you do for your future. And I, I, <laughs> I'm and sorry, I, I've had no, three teenagers. I did that. And, and you look at this and you say, okay, what are your plans? And how are you going get, to get a job for yourself? And how are you going to l- live? And they look at you and, and, and like you're crazy. Well, no, I'm not crazy. And, you know, this isn't all about senior night and graduation. This is about your, the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, we don't have time for 4, 5, and 6. I will oh.
3: come back. So, you have... Yes. <laughs> will you come back next month, yes. Barbara?
0: So, Barbara, tell everybody how they can reach you. You can reach me at 570-344-7171. Um, I have a new website that is... Yay! Um, uh, Divorce lawyer, NEPA, and um, I like that. uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, and I can be. My office is at 1421 East Drinker Street in Dunmore, PA, and I practice in Lackawanna, Luzerne, Susquehanna, Wayne, and Wyoming. Thank you very much. Thank you. Always a pleasure.
1: Have a wonderful weekend, everybody listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, as always, for listening to us, and we will see you back here next week. Good weekend. Be
2: safe, and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, laurie, l-a-u-r-i-e, at lauriecadden.com. L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N dot com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.